Podcast. I am your host, Shay Sparks, Chief Excitement Officer of Sparks of Fire International, where we spark leaders in transition who are unclear go from fear to fired up about their life and business. And if you wish to talk more in depth about coaching, heart and mind fitness, brainstorming for your business, podcasting, and or veteran resources, connect with me, Shay, today at the Calendly link in the show notes on your podcast platform. And today, our guest is the amazing Daniel Faust. Welcome to the show, Daniel. Woo, I made it, yes. <laughs> yes, finally, after all these years, we've, what we met back in uh, March of 2020 at PodFest, right? Yeah, I'm pretty confident that or online. We So many events we've gone to, so. I know. I really do remember you in person more than online, but that's what happens sometimes when you know people. It's like, it could have been either or. So I'm just going to go with like, we met in person and if not, we're going to. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I think it was uh, Military Creator Con. Yeah, that sounds very familiar. I know like in the Military Influencer Conference, they had like uh, Oddfest stuff for military too. I remember that. So there's several events I've been to and I'm going back to Military Influencer Conference in Vegas. So everybody go. Yes. Awesome. And that's in October, isn't it? Yes, October yeah. 26th and 29th. Go book your tickets now. Never. <laughs> Way to plug them. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love yeah. them. I'll plug them anyway. Cortez Riggs is awesome. 100% disabled vet, all focused on empowering vets and, and going over helping to empower missions to other parts of the civilian sector and also first responders now. So it's really cool. Oh, that's awesome. Good for him. I know of his work. I haven't been connected to him yet. So if you're listening, Cortez, reach out. Let me know. We get you on the show as well. So Daniel, we met in creator, Military Creator Con, but right before the world was without toilet paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we came out of there after three days and it was like there was no toilet paper. And we're all like, what happened? <laughs> yeah, it's it's totally crazy. I remember like I was about to go to Vegas next. No, not Vegas, Scottsdale. Mm. for like military annual tour and they said you're ready to go you're ready to go and then i'm ready to go and they said we don't know we don't know and i'm like should we just cancel it they're like no no no. i'm optimistic i call him the smiling commander and he's leaving in a couple days now he's not going to be my smiling commander anymore and he's so optimistic that two days prior to say uh daniel sorry to say you're not going i said come on it's virtual world i'm like if i get caught there i'll be fine he's like well i don't want you to get caught there after two weeks and i'm like I know people, I'll be fine. Nope. And then I stayed and I've been in Delaware ever since. Oh, wow. Haven't, haven't traveled. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty much been virtual traveling, doing lots of things for virtual people and helping their events and also my network. But outside of that physical travel, I think I went to Florida for like one day to get the Disney world just to recharge. And I don't recommend one day because it's like one day fly and then you go there and then you get done the first day and then you're flying back. And I also lost my best orange shirt ever. So if anybody sponsors orange flannel shirts, I will wear it for you because I love orange. There you go. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you for sharing that. And yeah, one day is not enough in Disney just to fly down and do Disney and go back. That's yeah, that's just like 
against the law or something, or it should. I know. <laughs> I, I, I will take my shackles for it. Hopefully, it's not real prison. <laughs> so, for those of you who don't know, Daniel Faust is the an author, speaker, and training professional with over twenty-two years of combined experience. In addition, he has faithfully served the U.S. Air Force since two thousand. And he runs a company called Live and Learn, a dynamic business that offers training in a myriad of ways via consultation, workshop, seminars, social media, and even books. Additionally, Daniel is the director of IT for Legrity Media. They help you take your content to the world through digital TV distribution across multiple platforms airing in 195 plus countries. So I know that this conversation is just going to be um, off the chain. Is that what they say? The young folks say these days? Yes. And then we throw out four shizzle too. And <laughs> there you signs. go. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I love it. So Daniel, I, I just can't wait to start. So I'll just jump in and say, what does investing in people mean to you? It's going over and taking them and figuring out their dreams and destiny and getting them there so they can empower other people to their dreams and destiny. It was really impactful for me, a book I read uh, called True Face by uh, John Lynch. And no, I, all the things I plug, I don't get royalty. I really am a fan of it. Just so as people get in, like, he just keeps plugging stuff. He's like, I want him to do this. No, uh, I read this in 2003 and it transformed my life. Now, application didn't come in until I almost lost my marriage, but mm. they, uh, it was huge. And it goes over and shows you, it's like, we need to live in a room of grace and know that God loves us and he's helping us transform into our dreams and our destiny. And that's what I go over and do is I help people transform to their dreams and destiny. So learn and live my major company and then Legrity Media which is I'm a 20% stake owner. In. I do those things to help people transform their lives from the bedroom to the boardroom. So I'm helping those people get to their dreams and destiny and get onto that train of destiny so then they can go over and do awesome things and help others. So that's what I consider investing in people is. I love that. And you mentioned something about something that happened with your wife. Do you care? Would you share share that story with us? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's already in our book and everything else. I am basically transparent. You'll meet me in person and be like, he's still that vulnerable. Yeah, it's not just a TV thing or just a podcast thing. Um, so when I first got married, I became a Christian in 2002. And then in 2006, I got married. And you think like, hey, Christianity plus marriage, awesome. Well, when you don't work through your junk, and you don't actually apply it, and you're just listening. And that's what a lot of people that get messed up with Christianity is just people that are still works in progress mm -hmm. going through it. And they look at them like, well, that's not God. And that's not Jesus. I'm like, of course it's not. We're human. But I stupidly for seven years just lived out of theology, but not live out of relationship. So basically mm -hmm. the emotional cycle of abuse, my wife had mental health issues and everything else. The Lord has healed her since then. And, and then four kids and four years in deployments and military, and then getting out of active duty service and almost going homeless, all those things were wow. from like 2006 to 2013. And when I was about to lose the next job, because I went through 70 jobs between 2012 to 2019, but this was 2013. And we had a couple moves between 2012 to 2013, just because of the roller coaster of people call it transitioning out of service. I don't call it that. It's transforming out of service. You need mm -hmm. to have a transformation. But I was quote unquote transitioning. 
trying to go back and be civilian. How can you? It's like being a mom or a dad and saying like, oh, I'm going to unbirth my kids and go back. You don't go back. You always move forward. So I was basically a a-hole. That's just the way I'm going to call it. So you put your cuss word in of choice if you want to, no matter who's listening. But that was at least the minimum standard that I met. And uh, after basically about to lose a job again on my wife's birthday, again, not proud of these moments, uh, I just kept doing this cycle of abuse. It's like we would patch the marriage with like, well, primarily me, with like trying to get words of affirmation, stacks and all these other things. And then the tension would go over and build up. And then the verbal onslaught would get and come in. And then I just was gaslighting. I all these things I didn't realize at the time. I was like, I was consciously doing something unconsciously from brokenness from my past. I was bringing it in too. Mm. And then mixed in with Jesus, I'm looking like a total uh, hypocritic a-hole to say the minimum. So the night after I threatened divorce over the phone and then came home on her birthday, she basically spiritually kicked me in the nuts. Mm. And I'm so thankful for it now. At the time, definitely not. And that was three hours of everything. And that was the same thing when I initially came to Jesus. I had to realize how much I sucked and how much I needed Jesus. This time I need to realize how much I still suck, how much I need Jesus. But I really need to apply it in my life and not just be piffy quotes and speaking all this stuff. So it was a five-year journey of repentance, asking for forgiveness, working through stuff, going through my mess, which is now an acronym we use, went through the mental stuff, the emotional stuff, social, sexual, and spiritual junk, Mm -hmm. and asking Lord to transform that stuff. Some of it from great wisdom I've learned from, from great people and other things directly from the Bible, but it was like that transformation. Plus my wife had to have a transformation because she was struggling with mental health stuff from her past and she had a huge transformation. So that's basically what happened in a nutshell is that we did like what most marriages do. We kind of survived, mm-hmm. but we didn't go to thriving because we really truly didn't access Jesus. It was more like a functional savior Jesus. It's like, oh, the house is on fire. Let's go grab him for a bit. All right, we're good for a while. And then when we get good, mm. we don't access him. We don't praise him. We don't worship him. We don't bring him in our daily walks in life. And that was needing that transformation. So it was like a five year. So the past five years has been really fantastic. And that's why we do what we do at Outpour. But before then, I was trying to do it without that stuff. I was trying to pull the boot strings up, like they say in the military. It's like, hey, pull yourself by your bootstraps. Well, guess what happens? You never lift yourself up and you snap your bootstraps. And then you're out with like loose boots. And especially in a combat zone, you don't want to have loose boots because you can't run at all from the fire you'll be so focused and you'll trip and most likely get shot Mm. and that's what i was doing in marriage i was literally pulling myself by my bootstraps so wow what a story thank you thank you for what being willing to share that with us Mm. so i just want to kind of pull some some really good nuggets that you said through that you Mm. mentioned that you know first of all it took your wife to really have courage to speak to you about saying, Hey, this isn't working for me. We got to do something. Mm -hmm. Number one. And then number two, you are willing again to seek out. It sounds like you seeked out mentors. Did you go to counseling or therapy or anything at this point? It was a Murata thing. So celebrate recovery was one. Oh, that's a great, that's a, that's a great, um, program for, for people. 
I wish it worked out for me. It wasn't great for me, but it was at least a starter point because yeah. it was more of anger, but the angry group dissolved. And then we went into the codependency group and the codependency group got all the angry people angry. So, and then gotcha. we kept seeing that there was not maximized healing. There was people there 15 years. And then me and my wife were like, wow. we need to find a better way. Yeah. So it was a catalyst to start. We individually did counseling, went through a lot of books, a lot of resources, mentors throughout the years as helping our marriage through um, also writing through a lot of the junk, like uh, uh, journaling and everything mm-hmm. else. There was mm-hmm. many things. I wish there was like one specific thing I could catalyst. I did utilize the military family life consultants for a season to further go through. That was like a couple years ago, right? Be, it was right in the midst of COVID or after COVID. No. I was at in between. So, but I can't uh, chaplains, of course, when I had access, but since we were in rather isolated places, we had to find what we could find. So I I would love to say, Hey, this particular service was the most helpful, but it's also, uh, once you get out of the chaos. So when you're in almost homelessness, Mm -hmm. you have to really find your strength. You really have to find who's got you. You really got to find that stabilization and it can't be like resources because resources would go up and then resources would go away. So it really had to find crisis, our strength, and really had to ask those deep questions. Then again, take some more kickings, not as harsh as the one in 2013, but then going over and asking for accountability and everything else. But yeah, I wish I could say one resource, but it was a maraud of things over the years as crisis transform. And I would say the biggest resource I'd say that I always had is either notebooks or whiteboards. Mm. When you ask those questions of yourself and ask those deeper questions and going to those deeper whys, I had a recent one. It took me about six months about being rooted and the whiteboard really helps out. So if you are a natural processor internally or externally, find that way that helps you process those deeper answers. I would say for that whiteboard is key. I have one hung up in the garage over here right now. Well, I love that you're explaining that it's a journey. It's not a destination. It's not a, you know, you accept Jesus in your life and magic happens and you wake up the next day, like the movies and, Oh, everything's different. And you all of a sudden you live in technicolor is how I call it. Like on the wizard of Oz, it's not like that at all. Yeah, And I love that you really expressing that it's a journey because I think for most people, when they say, oh, I need help, I need to find help. And then they give up, they get discouraged and give up. And so you didn't. So what was it that kept you to continue? I remember in 2012, when I got out of the service and what I, I originally was starting a business a Christian business solely. Now it's ministering by services and everything else. But when originally was starting, we went to family life ministries Mm. and they had this video of showing like how they go over and help through the divorces and everything else. They showed this eight year old boy Mm. and how the brokenness happened. They started showing the statistics and they obviously got the music and everything else. And the video is fantastic. And it hit me hard because I was that eight to 12 year old boy mm-hmm. that my parents went through that divorce and it wrecked me. Yeah. There was a couple of things that wrecked me too, which then carried into our almost divorce and everything else. But it was that moment that keeps me there. It's like, 
I want to go over and help you learn and then live. That's why we named the business that. Mm. And it was those moments of that reminds me, I'm like, I don't want my son and three daughters, which are outside of the garage right now, getting us set up for a missions trip or going on in a day or so, going out and saying, you got left behind. So that's what really inspires me to go keep going, even through, because now we've even gone through more stuff. It's like my wife went through in that season, two suicide attempts. My son has gone through two suicide attempts. We've been homeless almost four times. And I look at no matter the circumstance of what goes over and is brought, the Lord can always bring good in those situations, even in my brother's death. Even in, even I was sexually molested between eight to 15 years old. And I still see that it was a bad situation, but the Lord can bring good to it because now I can not only empathize, but I can sympathize with those people and I can walk them through those trials and help them get to testimonies. So that's for me, that particular video at the first time we went to that marriage retreat before we pursued to try to go that route and become marriage mentors through that program, which mm -hmm. didn't happen. It failed. <laughs> but that video was, I think, the main thing that puts me back on there. And I don't have a life verse yet, but I'm still looking for one about perseverance. But mm -hmm. I always think of perseverance through faith in that particular regard, because if I do that, it's like gold. Mm -hmm. I get the impurities off. I get to be more like Jesus. Then I get to serve more people because I know where that nasty black drop comes from. So then I can be that catalyst and process through him to go over and help people. So that video specifically is probably the most pivotal one I've seen. And I think mm -hmm. it was The Art of Marriage, if I remember correctly. It was the spinoff of that. Well, you're just so spot on. I'm so glad that you had that awareness, that epiphany as you're watching it, that it's not about it's about twofold, right? You're looking at it from the the one who's about to get a divorce, how it's going to affect your children, but also like, oh my gosh, I remember being that child and what happened when my parents got divorced and you know the the choices I made after that because of my parents getting a divorce. Um, I, I have said a million times on this show and I'll, I'll say it again here is that our childhood experiences shape our adult decisions and mm -hmm. we don't even realize it. We're so on autopilot that we just think, oh, this thing happened to me when I was younger, whether it was abuse or divorce or, you know, suicide or anything that happened to us, a death. We carry it, all of that stuff forward with us. And then when we interact in relationships, most of the time, and I don't have statistics and most statistics are made up anyway. So we'll just, you know, we won't even use one, but we could say 90%. But most uh, adults, I find that the issue in a relationship that they're having with their spouse or their children or their parent or their, their coworker, even their boss or team is directly related to something that was happened in childhood. Yeah. And they don't even it's a blind spot. It's, it's like not even because at adults, we're like, why would that possibly show up now? And I just feel because I'm such a huge believer as well, that, you know, everything that we've gone through, God uses for good. Mm -hmm. I am a huge believer that this time of life, whether I believe it's like from thirties to fifties, is that this is the time where God goes, well, now I'm going to mold you and heal you. Mm -hmm. So what is it that you need to heal from? And a lot of times it shows up in our relationships and it's because of what happened in our past. So I love that you really hit the nail on the head with that because you're aware of that. 
So oftentimes people aren't. No, they're not. They take their brokenness moments and then they either compartmentalize it or fill the void, God-shaped vacuum, put everything else inside there, minimize, don't go over and deal with. And then you're like, I was even talking to my son the other day because he has social anxiety and I know where it comes from because Lord has given me the gift of wisdom and I really love evaluating people. That's why I got certified as a behavioral consultant, mm-hmm. marriage consultant. It was all those things. I'm like, I want people to transform and I want to know. And he didn't reveal this to us until almost he left the school system. He was getting made fun of and abused in the school system from mm. eight to 12. So now how he responds all the time, it's like, why do you do that? He doesn't have that light bulb yet. I see it. I try to encourage him to turn on that light bulb. And I said, I said, you have to learn how to be comfortable in the uncomfortable yes. to go over and deal with this because he's like, well, I could do this situation. No, you have to show it in the small first. And yeah. so do I. I was the ranting dad and it took me years to go over mm-hmm. and say, okay, I'm not going to come in and rant in that particular regard. It's still a work in progress and it still carries from my childhood because that's what my parents did on a regular basis. You didn't get something done, it was ranting, raving, arguments, discipline, you know, all those other types of things. And I see from him on that perspective, and if we don't deal with that, then we carry that. So we learn these things in our living rooms or in our bedrooms, and then we carry it to the next bedroom like baggage. Mm-hmm. And then that then it goes from bedroom to boardroom. So when you're single, you don't see it much because you're not interactive anymore. Right. But once you go over and get married and have kids, it carries you're like, why is my work life so great? Before to what you call it. Well, you're in the boardroom, you're putting on a mask, deny it or not. And you're like, well, I will lose things if I show authenticity and face mm-hmm. and true transparency, which right. we hope to get to that point. But then we go over and we take that baggage also that comes from the boardroom and we truck it home in our drives. Hey, I'll listen to a podcast, listen to the radio or in the car, smoke, whatever. And then I'm not processing what I'm dealing with today and all the stuff in the past. And someone will say something that triggers and the closest person gets the most amount of flame of your mouth and your tongue at Mm -hmm. the end of that day. And it's usually not your boss. So it's usually your kids or that. And it's a perpetual cycle. So if you're not continually getting washed in knowing that you're healed and working through that stuff and investing in the truth, then you're just going to go over and just carry it back and forth. And then another generation happens. It's just that they're going to inhabit a different way. And that's it. It's called brokenness in a nutshell. It is so, so, so true. I didn't even realize until just recently, actually, that in my personal life, I was ghosted by someone. And I was like, man, I cannot believe I got ghosted again. And uh, it just was, just came to me. I feel like God, Jesus laid it on my heart this past week. My dad uh, passed, or my dad passed away now, but at the time when I was 16 and he left my mom, he basically ghosted her. Mm -hmm. He didn't ever, he never told her. He told me, and then I had to tell her. Wow. And, right. And it was like he came to me uh, in a dream and said, you know, I released the curse of ghosting for you. Mm-hmm. And it was like, wow, I had no idea that that's where it came from. Like the, the, that behavior, I was 
picking up constantly. I was like, what is, what is, why is this happening? And it stems from who my dad was. So oftentimes we have generational um, curses, I'll say that, from a spiritual warfare side. And we don't even know that it's happened. But once we start talking to our parents or our grandparents, then we start to see the cycle. So the cycle that you're talking about with your son was the same thing that you were doing, which is the same thing that your parents did and the same thing their parents did. And we don't even realize it until we start un. Uh, appealing away the onion that we mm-hmm. are. So I love that you've really dived in and, and started to do that, not just with yourself, but with your own family as well. Yeah. And we kind of need to, because until the kids get empowered enough there, we have to be the catalyst for their growth. Yes. We've decided recently, like we asked them, like, why do you want to watch the content that you watch? And why why do you go over and like one of my kids will go over and say like, oh, well, dad said it was. Why is it you put me as authority when I didn't go over and say that? So trying to dig through those roots and then they're right now, they haven't watched content in a couple of days, but they can't answer the question why they watch what they watch. And are you willing to be accountable to what you watch and chosen what you watch? So they've been avoiding content, but they won't, they keep avoiding the thing. And until we all go over and deal with the uncomfortable and be comfortable with it, we don't get healed. We just go over and patch management. We're going to go fill that void. So it's very interesting. And we all have to do it, like including myself. I have to say, why do I do what I do? Why do I work with the people I work with? Why, Why am I going through these situations? We always have to do that stuff. And as we do, the healing happens. It's actually maturity more than anything else. It's maturing mm. to what God's already called us to be. And when we do that, then we can already live in the healing he's already done. We are just stuck in these finite minds. And we have to go to the Lord to show what infinitely he's already done. Because it's already finished. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Is there? So I'm just thinking about this phrase that you've said a couple of times. And I think I remember you saying it when you said it. Uh, I remember you saying it when we first met. You said uh, boardroom to bedroom. Yeah. Or maybe it's the other way around. Bedroom it's the way around, from, the, from the bedroom to the boardroom. Okay. So tell me about how did that concept come to you? And um, are you doing anything with that? Do you have a podcast or is that the name of your book? Um, I don't have a name of a book for it. So what happens is, is I actually have a digital TV show on Legrity, as you can see the logo in the background. Uh, it's called War Hero to Superhero, helping military veterans and first responders transform their lives from the bedroom to the boardroom. So what happened was, is that after I started working through this process between 2013 to 2018, in 2017, I broke my back. Mm. Like literally L4, L5, S1, disc disruption, November 2nd of 2017. I'll walk you through it real briefly. So, and it was God's province the entire time. So Monday, I was supposed to be on annual tour. So for your civilian audience, that means I'm on active order status, like an active duty military person. So I get all the benefits. My back started hurting on Monday. They, I, I was able to stay on Monday, but then they had to reschedule another day due to traffic. And then they put me back on annual tour Wednesday. No, it was off Monday, then Tuesday. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. 
my injuries usually flare up at the beginning of the month. I make the joke that the Lord allows me to flare up towards the beginning of the month because that's when the payment comes in for my compensation. So I'm like, I made the joke to my wife. She's like, oh, you're hurting again? I said, oh, my VA senses are tingling, so I must be getting paid for my disabilities. So it came in on the first, and I said, I'm usually good about the third or the fourth. I rescheduled my PT test, which is my physical training test. We, we do that every six months to see that we are compliant to deploy. So you have to be physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, everything set. So the physical part was that particular month. So I rescheduled it to my birthday. I'm like, happy birthday to me. I get to reschedule. But we were still struggling. So I used to speak and teach across the nation. So there might be some other places that we met. So I'd done that too. And um, so in that regard, I'm like, my wife's like, are we going to be okay? I said, I said, because we're struggling. We're going to get some money in a little bit. I said, I don't know after these orders. I said, I said two things I'm going to tell you. I said, I'm going to keep fighting for this marriage. I'm going to keep fighting for this family. And literally when I walked out that door November 2nd, my back went from a four to an eight and I almost dropped in the parking lot. Wow. I had to ask the Lord for strength. Thank the Lord. I still had strong knees and strong ankles, but the pain made me drop down to like a crouching position. And it's kind of funny. God prepped me before because I used to sell vacuums across the nation and other things. And I had to be on my knees and on my ankles constantly for the different jobs I have. So I'm like, even he gave me strength and prepped me for it. The pain subsided to a point of a four. So now I look like I'm 65 years old and, you know, hunched mm -hmm. over and walking to the car. And I said, Lord, give me strength. That's the only way I still need to go to work. Cause I'm like, I don't get the resources if I don't go. So the car, it subsides to about a two. I'm driving in the car, the bucket seat. So basically the back resets. And I'm thinking, all right, it was just a spaz. That's good to go. Get out of the car again. Oh, it went back up to an eight. And mm. then I'm like having to army crawl. And I had this black bag. And I wish I still had it. It got lost after that. But it was an awesome black bag. So yes, I carried a Merce. For gentlemen, it's a Merce. It's okay. <laughs> I don't do it anymore. But I was carrying this Merce in my cell phone. Now I'm army crawling in. And halfway through into the building, I'm like, this is dumb. I'm like, I have a phone. I'm like... And I called and I called my chief, which is like the highest enlisted person. And I said, ma'am, I said, I'm hurting pretty bad. And I'm already crawling in. I think I broke my back. She's like, what? I said, yeah, I'm about a hundred yards from the door. I said, I, I said, can I get help? They tried to help me. It hurt even worse. I said, take my bag, take my phone. I'm going to army crawl the rest in. Army crawled the rest in. And then I worked in a medical squadron. So that was providential too. Yeah. So everybody's trying to check on me and whatnot. And like, so by the time 30 people already came in and checked on me, I said, can I grab the intercom and just tell everybody's story? Because I told this 30 times already. I'm on the floor in pain, but everybody's asking, what happened? What's wrong? And I'm like, then the ER comes in and not, not the ER, but the ambulance comes in and then they take me in. So two days I was in the hospital mm. and I had to recover and learn how to walk, but it was God's providence because they put me on military medical orders for the next three months do that. So then I had gainful work while I was learning how to walk again. Mm, nice. And it really then put me in a place of like, I was in now, now it comes to like how this whole thing started. So I was wrestling at the time, Lord, do I do this business for civilians? Because it was overall same model. Or do I do it for military veterans and first responders? And this guy challenged me with his friend from my church that says, you need to quit the military. You just need to get a 10 to $15 job. You need to quit these dreams and aspirations and everything else. You just need to toss it into the crapper, pretty much. Even more. 
friendly than that, but that's my version. Because when you're <laughs> yeah. angry, you don't go over and think straight. Right. And plus, I want to make it a little funny at the same time to relate. So, I, but I wanted, I had so much frustration. If my back wasn't out, I would have get up and walk and walked away, but I couldn't. So I had to endure this conversation. Mm. Another quote unquote spiritual nut kicking, but realizing what direction do I go? Yeah. And I said, I'm going to learn how to walk to prove this gentleman wrong, but to really to prove what God has me here for. Mm. And I'm like, I can't just, I'm like, I will minister to anybody, but he has my people group and talks about in Isaiah 43, that he has a people for you. You're called, you're saved. You have this great uh, commission to go over and do. It's a beautiful scripture and I'm really hacking it as I go. <laughs> but the long story short is, is that that reminded me that day. I'm like, this is the people I'm going to pursue military veterans and first responders. So first start out is social media. And I did some radio for a season. And then I eventually did a podcast. And then I got an opportunity about two years ago to start a digital TV show. Uh, and now I'm on Legrity Media. I'm also on the Disability Channel, but I had some COVID injuries and everything else and whatnot. And then the kidney stone just recently. So I got to get back up and rolling again. So Legrity, we're currently on. Disability Channel on. Podcast is getting rebooted. And then I have a micro podcast on uh, learn and live and then also do some fireside chats and different things so mm. we are that's the reason why we do it is overall who we meet is that all those problems no matter if it's physical mental emotional spiritual it all starts in the bedroom it's not like my back went out specifically oh, i'm great in the bedroom and everything else i'm like yeah you do your stretches in the morning and you prep yourself from the bedroom to the boardroom so everything if you're not working through your junk from the bedroom to the boardroom, from the time you wake up until that point, because it will all carry. My physical stuff carried to the boardroom. My mental stuff carried to the boardroom. My emotional stuff, my spiritual, even my sexual stuff. You don't get all that into Kool-Aid at work, but if you're not getting regular sum in your marriage, people are going to know something about there. You know, it all carries. So, uh, so that's why we started there. And that's why we're frank about it, because if you don't, you're not only just hurting yourself, you're hurting the others that are carrying. So you might be carrying all this junk with you. And I'd rather not, I'd rather take at people to take out the trash in a sense than to go over and then to carry it with them. And then it leaves a, leaves a mess everywhere. So let's go over and clean up the mess so you can be your best. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I love it. So did you share? Because you said a whole lot and I kept thinking, did I miss it? Did you share how you broke your back? Uh, I or didn't you know. know. I, I honestly don't know. I just wow. know I've had aggravation over the years. And then the L4, L5, S1 just dis disrupted. And then I found out I have degenerative disc disease, which basically wow. means in a nutshell, because now I can translate medical to English. You have these fuzzy little discs between your back and that's what gets you the springy and allows you to step and not kill yourself because bone on bone kills. Mm. And what happens is, is that basically it's eroding away. Wow. Yeah, little bit by little bit. So you try to do the goal is physical therapy, chiropractic, acupuncture, stretching, and getting yourself as strong and as fit as possible. So if anybody has any back problems, it's always good to minimize the weight and, and also strengthen your core. And I and I'm pretty fit overall. I'm about about 15 pounds, a little bit over, but even losing that and strengthening your core as much as you can helps out. So if you can get that nine pack of abs like Lego Batman, you'll minimize your pain. So uh, it's very helpful in that particular regard. So you got to take care of yourself from inside to outside. Same thing with your life from bedroom to boardroom. 
Mm, I love that. I love that. So we just have a few more questions to ask. And um, while I got a moment here, I'm just going to say, make sure that when you're listening, that you listen all the way to the end. We have a word from our sponsor over at Quest Education. And it kind of ties in with this next question of, you know, how did you know that it was time for you to start a business? Let's see. I initially started it in right when I got down, like out of active duty. I, I didn't want to be tied. I had this entrepreneurial set and feeling, but I did it in the wrong season. So that's the other thing. I didn't have my bedroom and my living room set up, and I definitely didn't have a boardroom business thing set up. So you definitely want to check yourself if like, your spouse, your kids and everything. It, ministry and businesses have a lot of things in hand. You're going into the battlefield. Mm-hmm. And especially when you're starting, you don't know what arrows are going to be shot at you. Right. You got to be carrying the full armor of God from the bedroom to the boardroom. And if you're not going in and your spouse is not behind you and your kids are not behind you, it's kind of like the Roman army. The reason why they conquered for so many hundreds of years and they get studied and everything else, because they had a man on their left and a man on their right, and they were all carrying shields, and they only fought for 12 minutes. And then, the other, and the other 24 minutes, it was rest. So you're out in the battlefield, and you're also getting fellowship, and you're getting relief. And you got to have that. So your fellowship and relief at first is going to be your God, your spouse, and your kids. And then as you get in the battlefield, and this is one of the things that we need to learn, no matter if we're Christian or not, is that... We're not there to compete. We're there to complete because most people can't go fill the void. Yes, Amazon and Walmart are the anomalies that they can do everything, but they don't do everything. You don't see Walmart doing Christian consulting. You don't see Walmart going over and building this widget. They'll buy it. They'll sell it. But, you know, I think I bought this from Amazon. So, (laughs) plug. (laughs) but, you know, they can't do everything. So a lot of our businesses that we do is like completion. Mm-hmm. businesses even if it's nonprofit, we don't need to go and do that so at first we got to have our bedroom and our living room people holding shields with us and then we go out and then we're able to thwart those arrows and then as we build those entrepreneurial connections and hey i got i got your six and i got this part of the back and then hey it's a place to respite and we need to have that so mm-hmm. for me i didn't have it all together at first i didn't have bedroom and living room operations it took years get that up and rolling but now is an outpouring is that when i broke my back my wife was and then we were in the jacuzzi about a year and a half later and when we almost went homeless again we were like we need to go help these people because even the homeless system is jacked yeah i went through 70 different non-profits in three different states all telling me we need to be last it's totally messed up yeah who's first Right. It was God's providence each time that he brought us through, like either through the church cutting us a check or like say an insurance thing that came back exactly for the rent mm-hmm. and whatnot, or a job came up providentially and whatnot. But you go over and you literally will take like, let's say an entire family, our family is six. And they say, hey, you need to be down here on this particular day with your spouse and your kids. This is the only one that takes families. And if you're not there that day, you're going to be left behind and your wife and your kids be there. And now you're and you can't even visit them. And I'm like, I have a job lined up and I'm going to the interview and I'm trying to finalize things on the military side. And if we go there and you said, oh, it's only 30 days of help and you have to find some other place. Well, who is the place after the 30 days? Because I don't expect to get back up in 30 days. What are you going to do? Right. 
So that's the reason why I do what I do is because of that. So you have to be ready all those places. And that's why this week we're going to Project Die Hard. So if you guys can watch live, we're having a Hope Stock is the name of the event. It's a Christian uh, event for three days. And we're raising money for Project Die Hard because they help veterans long-term with suicide and homelessness issues up to 365 days. So they're fundraising to get their first FOB, which it means a forward operating base or a location, a campus, whatever term you want to use up and rolling out of Paducah, Kentucky, Illinois here. So that's why we do what we do. And that's what we're doing this week is to go over and fundraise. I get to be the MC for the weekend. <laughs> and we'll see on how that goes, but we're fundraising for that. And you, you, when you go into business, you got to make sure all those places are set up because you're going to have those arrows. So that's the reason why we do it, but make sure you have everything set up. I love that. I love, uh, thank you so much for sharing that. And you know, just a, a quick plug I'll do. Um, if you want to know more about Project Die Hard, go over to Brian Gibson, uh, interview with him several years. I don't even know when that was, maybe a year ago. And check out his episode about what his what the amazing things that he is doing in the uh, Kentucky and Illinois area. So I love that. So, you know, you've talked about your why and, you know, all the amazing things that you're doing and the things that you've overcome in the past. So where do you see yourself going forward? What do you, what do you want to be remembered for? What, what would be a legacy for you? A uh, hundred thousand military marriages saved, um, helping military people go over and get their businesses in order. I don't have a specific number with that. I'm more passionate for marriage than I am for business, but sometimes you help in the business to help them in their marriage because they mm -hmm. see it backwards. Yeah. Um, enough to guard. I also um, want to lobby for veteran issues specifically uh, and get more veteran nonprofits profitable mm -hmm. uh, so they can go and compete instead of complete. I had two companies I was helping, helping out one time, like uh, it was free consulting back and forth. It never turned to a full consulting thing, but anyway, had one that was really huge and one that was really small. And they were going over and I said, why don't you guys just go over and work, each other, work with each other and then you guys can help more people. Mm -hmm. It's such a contention issue on how they operate. It's like, I want to make more of those completion mediation things. I'm like, hey, how do I help you grow? How do I help do this? So if I went over and died today, I want to be remembered that I helped you go over and helped you thrive from the bedroom to the boardroom. It might not have been all three places, but that is my goal in my heart. So I've already written out because I had to do it for a class. I'm like, where do you see yourself at like 80 or 105? And I'm like, all right, first 20 years from 40 to 60, business growing, helping places like Project Die Hard get nationwide, those types of things, and then lobbying and then doing philanthropic things across the world to help others thrive from the bedroom to the boardroom. And then at 105, I've been married for 80 years. I'm asking Jesus, please let me die because I'm 105 and I've already been injured since 30. I'm like, but if I'm supposed to keep going, I'll keep going. You know, I'm like, but I made my joke, my wife, I'm like at 80, we're not married anymore. I'm going to die. She's like, well, you have to keep going. If it's after 80 years, I'm like, well, I'm going to be like that old guy in the thing. It's like, Lord, give me cancer now. That joke from that old comedy show. It's like, it's already been long enough. Look, can I be a little Enoch, please? Can I go to heaven? Come on. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean, I could be awesome at 105 and I could reverse and the injuries can go away, but I'm like, yeah. you just don't know. And I'm like, hey, we're not supposed to live past 120 anyway. Like we already jacked that up from the beginning in Genesis. So it's like, 
only got 15 more years to go anyway. So <laughs> let me pull up a little early. Let's go. <laughs> what a great vision for yourself and a great legacy. And I can probably guess that you are already doing some of that on a smaller scale now and and you're just going to keep going. Yeah, and that's the goal. And also to help others to get their dreams and destiny. Mm -hmm. So I have a guy coming over in about 15 minutes helping out with his book. So look for the book, Hitting the Queue in a couple months in Amazon stores and worldwide. Have another woman, the ginger that never snaps, look for her book in the next couple months. And I thoroughly enjoy it. I actually like lifting them up. So if they get better than me, that's awesome. I'm like, yes. you're making millions and I'm only making tens of dollars. As long as the Lord is providing, I'm totally fine. And we do the same thing at Legrity. So if you want to get your content on a global scale, that's what we're helping to go out do too. So uh, I'll be doing that as long as there's legacy, integrity, and global community. And we actually have an episode Wednesday. So if you would like to find out what Legrity is all about, the last Wednesday of every month, you can check it out and you can start your own digital TV show as low, cheaper than a car nowadays, monthly payment. So unless you got one of those SUVs, then you should have started a show a long time ago because SUVs are expensive. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And so how can people connect with you? Why is your website or social media? So we're rebuilding website and everything else. So they can connect at legritymedia.com if they want to connect with me in that capacity. Uh, they can do Daniel at LegrityMedia.com if they're looking for digital content. If they're looking for transformation, uh, they can find just Daniel Faust on Facebook. And you can also go to my link tree. It's linktree slash Warhero to Superhero. That's where all my connections are. So as I get the new Warhero to Superhero website and new author page and all those other websites, you can just go to linktree slash Warhero to Superhero and the number two. And that's where you can find all of it. And I'd highly recommend any entrepreneur just build a link tree or something similar to that because it's easy for podcasts. Like, where are they at? I'm here, here, and here. No, just go to a link tree slash your name and then you find everything. So your brain only has to remember one thing and then you go over and do it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Daniel, for your time, your expertise, and your, your willingness to share. This has just been, I know, an insightful episode. Well, thanks for letting me on to share the wisdom and hope that people are thriving because of it. Yes. And before you go, I always end with this question of what phrase, scripture, or mantra are you living by right now? Uh, my favorite one I'm living through right now is Romans 12 2. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you know the good and acceptable and perfect will of Christ Jesus. I hope I quoted it correctly. And if not, people can put it in the comments and then they make sure they have it right. And I think that's out of the NASB, but I'm not 100% sure. So uh, I haven't found a perseverance reference. So if anybody's got one, I'd love to go over and to add that to my life verse uh, portfolio. Well, thank you for sharing that. And, you know, thank you again for sharing your wisdom and just all the amazing things that you have overcome. You're definitely an inspiration. Well, thank you. Well, I hope it motivates others too, because that's the goal, because inspiration only lasts so long, motivation keeps going. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for listening to the Power of Investing in People podcast. And if you took notes, and hopefully you weren't driving as you did so, I know Daniel dropped some major knowledge nuggets. So I hope you took some notes. And if you did, feel free to go over to Apple Podcasts and give us an honest review and tell us what you liked about today's episode. And until next time, let's get fired up.
of the Heroes Media Group, Lima Charlie Network, and Global Sisterhood Podcast Network. Sponsored by Sparks of Fire International, where we get you fired up about your life and business, and Quest Education. What if you could use the money inside your retirement account, penalty and tax-free, and use that money to start your own dream business? Our friend Daniel Blue from Season 5, Episode 5 over at Quest Education is so kind to give you, our listeners, their How to Grow Your Money Tax-Free online course completely complimentary just for listening to today's show. We invite you to find out more about their generous opportunity at the link in the show notes. So just imagine the business you could start with your freed up money.